0: You're listening to Intentional Optimist, the podcast for unconventional leaders, where you'll find inspiration, learn to discover and develop your own strengths, and hear from inspiring women just like you who are making a difference in their community. Who knows, you just might find yourself stepping up as the next unconventional leader right where you are. I'm your host, Andrea Johnson, the original Intentional Optimist. I have never thought of myself as generous. To the contrary, most of my life, I've thought I was selfish. Now, I'm sure you're out there thinking, Andrea, that is no way to talk to yourself. And you'd be partially right, but only partially, because we're all selfish at our core, are we not? My husband's family is really good about including donations to charities in their name on their Christmas wish list, like every year. You know, like give a donation to the Nature Conservancy in my father-in-law's name. And I've always kind of wanted to, but my own internal need for stuff just seemed to override it. Now, there are plenty of other people in my life for whom this actual topic comes very naturally, and I am so grateful for the examples that they've set for me over the years. But generosity is imperative to being present, which is the second tenet of intentional optimism, And the deeper my understanding of that topic, the more I see I have to learn. So as I grow and learn, I share with you, and then we can just encourage each other. Welcome to episode 33, find a cozy spot or head out into the sunshine, and let's chat you and me about generosity. Here we are in spring 2021, and I hope that sharing my journey is encouraging to you as we all strive to become more present and more generous. We've been challenged over the last year, like never before, and I've noticed conflicting needs in my own life. One, preserving and protecting what I have and I hold dear, knowing I'm incredibly blessed. And two, still desiring to reach out to help, lift up, and provide for those who've been hit really hard by this pandemic. So here's what I'm working on. Cultivating generosity, adopting an abundance mindset in every area of life. Sometimes it's really hard and it can feel contradictory, but this is how we're meant to live and how I want to live. How about you? Well, let's dive in. I do want to start by pointing out that this will not be a conversation primarily focused on money. If that's what you're looking for, this is the wrong podcast. I am the last person you need to take financial advice from, and I'm sure you've heard me mentioned many times with my guests that I want to learn from them because they all have it and I usually struggle in this area, or that area, let me say. But if you're interested in sharing some advice, I will take it. Seriously though, generosity is a mindset, and money is but one small part of this equation. A part, but a small part. What I will share with you are three areas that I'm working on in my own mindset and how I believe these steps are helping me. I believe they can help you, and I'll share how you can incorporate them into your own practice of generosity. And with that, I want to start with a few lines from Jason Mraz's song, Have It All, as I keep coming back to it as the overall attitude I want to have toward generosity. And he says at the very beginning, May you have auspiciousness and causes of success. May you have the confidence to always do your best. May you take no effort in your being generous, sharing what you can, nothing more, nothing less. So the first area that I see is important and that I'm working on is my resources. Now this can be time, money, things. And for me, this shows up in holding my resources just a little more loosely, We all learned it in kindergarten, and there's a wonderful book talking about all this stuff, but we need to share. And this is hard, intentional work for me. I was not raised with an abundant mindset. Many of those in my generation weren't. My grandparents lived through the Great Depression, and my parents were extremely frugal, really good at making a dollar last like 100 You see, my dad was a small church pastor in Texas and Wyoming before we went to Korea as missionaries. I have stories, y'all, of creative ways of staying warm during the cold Korean winters, including wearing ski suits in the house. And they never told us we were poor, and I never went without. We did, however, have a huge attic, literally half the upstairs of the house, that was full of supplies that we couldn't purchase there. There. Cases of American food like peanut butter and canned meats, jello and over-the-counter medicines and supplements. So, no, I don't pay much attention to expiration dates, if you're wondering. But when you live like that, you pick up certain patterns of thinking, you know? And for me, living below my means has always been a challenge. I grew up in Korea, where I could get silk dresses for the price of cotton, or Nike shoes for the price of the sneakers I could get at Kmart here. It's an area in which I've grown considerably, partly because I know it allows me to free up funds to provide for the needs of others or donate to worthy causes that kind of move my soul. Now, I'm not 100% there yet. It's work. I've been on a simplified journey for at least six years, looking for ways to stop buying things and focus more on experiences. And many of you out there are really good at this and are fantastic examples to me. So keep doing it because you show me how to hold loosely to my resources, allowing God to use them in ways I never anticipated. I'm learning to say yes to interruptions in my time, opportunities to minister or listen, and allow someone else to just be seen. I think the whole family working and doing school from home for a year has really worked to develop this area in me. I'm learning to casually mentor other women at church or business, and yes, I am working out those financial generosity muscles. I'm finding more and more phenomenal nonprofits to support and have found much joy in donating to food banks and other COVID-related charities. That's how I want to live. Now, the second area I'm working on is relationships. I'm working to deepen my relationships. I believe people are more important than things, always. You'll just hear me say it over and over. I've learned much about how being generous with my time and emotional energy lets others know that they are more important and can take relationships to a whole new level. Sure, I fall short, just like everybody else, but my resolve has been to focus more on others and I find it self-perpetuating. The more I open up to others, the more they open up to me. And this becomes a beautiful cycle that just keeps going. As I embrace new relationships and nurture seasoned ones, it facilitates connection, which is what we all crave. When I make space in my schedule for interruptions, I'm provided with opportunities to help other people. Maybe it's a staff member who needs to vent or a friend who just needs a listening ear. Maybe it's my son who really needs to show me this really cool thing that he just drew on pixel art. But when I stop what I'm doing and give them my attention, we connect. They see that I care and it builds trust between us. And it builds those muscles for me to become more generous with my time. Trust and connection build community. And the bedrock of community is generosity. See, it all comes full circle. Now the third area I'm working on, and this one might seem a little obvious as I speak on this podcast, but it's being generous with my expertise. I'm working on just giving it away. Now, it's not just age that brings life skills, wisdom, and experience I've collected that I don't even realize I have. Anything new I learn, I'm willing and ready to share. And I have fabulous examples in this area too. You need to go back and listen to Monique Minnick's interview, I think it was episode number three, called Open Source Leadership. She is the primo example in this area. But if it's a technical aspect of recording a podcast, how to change your mindset in order to overcome an obstacle or helping another woman understand she's not alone, it doesn't matter if I have it and you don't, I'll share. I've been doing a decent amount of interviewing on other podcasts and I've learned that my story is both helpful and inspirational to others. No, it's not fantastical or outlandish. It's just my story. But the more I share it the better I understand how it can help others. You see, we all think our own story is normal or bland. The reality is, we've all been through things that others would consider hard or traumatic, and we've learned how to get through them. And that's what we turn around and use in service of others. And when I share my weight loss, infertility, or grief journeys, I hope to help, mentor, and encourage others. And to that end, I not only coach women, build a membership community, teach Sunday school, and share whatever information I have, even with you, right here on my podcast. Well, aside from the general feel-good altruism that generosity fosters, Joshua Becker of Becoming Minimalist outlined some very real benefits of generosity in issue number eight of his digital publication, Simplify Magazine. The benefit of generosity is that it leads to contentment in four specific ways. First, generous people value what they own. I mean, if you give away things, you tend to give a higher value to what you keep. People who volunteer their time make better use of the time that they still have. And people who donate money are less wasteful with the money that they have left over. Generous people live happier, more fulfilled lives. Studies show that generous people are happier, healthier, and more satisfied with their life. And once they find this satisfaction through generosity, they are less inclined to search for it someplace else. Third, generous people find meaning outside their possessions. I have a lovely sign on my wall that my sister gave me several years ago for Christmas, and it says, collect moments, not things. It is the accepted way to wrap up self-worth in net worth, as if a person's true value could ever be tallied on a balance sheet. But generous people, on the other hand, find their value in helping others and quickly realize that their bank account balance says nothing about their true value. And fourth, generous people have more fulfilling relationships. People always prefer the company of a generous giver to the company of a selfish hoarder. People are naturally attracted toward others who have an open heart to share, and that means their time, their relationships, their stories. A good friend is the best gift you could ever give yourself. In addition to the benefits for the giver, though, generosity also benefits the receiver. Giving improves lives. It fights to overturn injustice. It solves problems. It offers an example to the world of a better way to live, and it spurs others to do the same. So today, I have a two-part challenge for you. First, take stock. Let's talk about your resources. Time. Where can you say yes to interruptions? Parents get tons of practice with this one, but how often do we allow for friends, coworkers, older family members, or even strangers? Money. Are you willing to live below your means? Seriously, I'm working on this y'all. So you can set aside specific amounts to give to worthy causes Anybody who goes to church on a regular basis has heard the word tithe, and the concept there is that we give 10% back, so that we're only living on 90%. And if you look back at the Old Testament teachings, they were actually told to set aside another 3% to give to other specific causes. So that's something that we work toward, is doing something like that. But what about your possessions? How much stuff do you really need? My last podcast guest, Lindsay Hardagree, can certainly help you in this area take stock of your relationships. Are you nurturing the old ones? Y'all, it is far too easy to allow seasoned relationships to languish just because we think they're solid. I mean, the old joke about the old man saying, hey, honey, I told you that I loved you on the day I married you. Why do I need to tell you again? (laughs) We have to because we have to nurture relationships, even if they've been around a long time or they've been through a lot and we think that they're solid. We have to nurture them. How about new ones? Are you embracing them? Yes, it's still a challenge to get out and meet new people, but embracing new relationships teaches you to share yourself. Now, have you ever, or are you good at facilitating connection? Make yourself, your space, your time, all available and amenable to connecting others. It doesn't have to be about you. You could just be the facilitator. Parents call this a play date. (laughs) And how about your expertise? What skills have you collected over the years that you could use to benefit others, perhaps in a volunteer, mentor, or teaching capacity? And wisdom, we all have lessons we've learned along the way, the hard way, through life. I'll bet you have a stockpile you could share. And then there's your experience. What does your story hold that you could use to help others embrace their own? So that's the first piece, take stock. The second part of this challenge of course. Is decide. Generosity is a big piece of the intentional optimism tenet present. Now, on our sailboat, this is the centerboard. It keeps you upright, focused, and centered. As we all move along in our personal growth journey, staying centered is a real challenge, partially because, and here's the kicker, centered doesn't mean focused on me, but many times it refers to what's going on around me. You see, on a sailboat, having good counterbalance means that I need to focus on more than just what's happening in and on my own boat. You're never on this journey completely alone, and after flying for a few minutes with a really good wind at my back, I can back off the sail, slow down, and maybe even turn into the wind and rest. And when I do, I see all the other boats that are on this journey, some heading in the same direction, some not. And it's when I slow down that I realize I have something to share. It might be supplies or provision for one, instruction on how to use that hike strap that I just let go of when I was flying with the wind for somebody else. Or maybe it's just a sailing buddy for someone heading to the same destination. So as you back off the sail and slow down to take stock, what will you do with all those resources, relationships, and expertise? Look around you and see if there are ways that you can plug in, We're in the spring of 2021 and I'm hopeful that we'll be opening back up as we get a handle on this pandemic. However, even if it's another six months, you can learn generosity in all these areas while still in lockdown. The benefits are huge y'all, but according to Joshua Becker, there's one benefit of generosity that should never be overlooked and it's probably the greatest benefit. It's the realization that we already have enough. Now back to my sailing analogy, I lose nothing when I give. Sharing provisions is a no-brainer. It fosters the generosity of others, and then we all pay it forward. And when I share my experience and knowledge, I add to the overall safety and expertise of those sailing around me, and it makes for a more beautiful regatta, with all the boats functioning at a really high level. Sharing my time, my space, and energy, though, to sail along with a buddy, that pays dividends you can't quantify. Having another boat nearby when you're tired, have a question, need a word of encouragement, or just to ensure that your compass is really pointing north is invaluable. The camaraderie of another sailor, a friend, to chat or listen, or just the shared joy of the beauty of the journey guards against loneliness, fatigue, and discouragement. So I sail together with others, all headed to that distant shore, a rainbow of sails like distant islands on the horizon. I just love that picture. How about you? Are you sailing with others on this journey? Or is your boat stuck on the shore? Are you floating along with the current, drifting wherever it takes you? Or are you ready to be a participant in your own destiny, sailing toward the horizon as part of a beautiful regatta? I just love seeing all those sails on the water. It makes me so happy. But recognizing and affirming the six tenets of intentional optimism is great. But if you don't apply them, they don't really accomplish much. Your boat or your personal growth journey's usefulness is only realized when you place it in the water and get in. Once you do, things really start to change. Only in the water can you experience the exhilaration that comes from realizing and recognizing the power of a personal growth plan. So let's get your boat out there. It's not going to launch itself. It'll sit right there on the beach all day long. And this, y'all, is my specialty. I often joke with people saying, I'm not so much a hold the space coach as I am an in-your-face coach, albeit with a smile and an unshakable southern accent. You see, I can help you begin the journey, giving you the equipment you need to launch from the beach. And if you've already started your journey but need someone to sail with you, help with new skills, or get you to that next big finish line, I offer the accountability and encouragement necessary to sail together toward that horizon. The easiest place to start is in our Facebook community, Intentional Optimists. We're building a community with a culture that helps us all learn to think and live with intentional optimism. We're encouraging each other and feeding our minds in our monthly book club focused on personal growth and development, and our guest speaker series consisting of the amazing women you hear interviewed right here on this podcast. So join us. The link is in the show notes. Are you still looking for that point on the horizon? Then my new mini course called Uncovering Your Core Values is definitely for you. It's designed to empower you to move forward in your own direction based on the discovery and alignment of your own core values. You can access it from my website, theintentionaloptimist.com, by clicking the Uncover Your Core Values button right at the top of the page. I've also linked it in the show notes. And there's more good stuff in the pipeline for you high-performing, mission-minded women, like a membership community where you'll find accountability and encouragement, and group coaching and mastermind opportunity so you can learn to grow in a small group setting. I also have a few one-on-one coaching slots opening up, and if you're ready to dive deep, strategize, set goals, and really make some progress, this six-month program is for you. You and I will meet every other week, strategizing for long-term success through short-term strategies you can set up a consult through my website and we'll see if it's a good fit. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for your time today, wherever you listen. If you find this podcast helpful and encouraging, first subscribe and then take a moment to leave a rating and a review. Your kind words and positive rating will help even more women find us. Until next time. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you're an intentional optimist and you love this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review with a five-star rating. You can also snap a screenshot right where you're listening, share it to social media, and tag me. This helps others find us, and we'll have an even bigger impact. If you're curious what it would be like to work more closely with me or just to step up as an unconventional leader yourself, I invite you to schedule a free discovery session to talk with me and learn more. Just email me at andreaattheintentionaloptimist.com. If you're looking for an encouraging and uplifting community on Facebook, hop on over and join the Intentional Optimist group, women encouraging women from all over the globe. The community and email links are right here in the show description wherever you listen to the podcast. Until next time, remember, you're the answer. You are the future of leadership and the role models for future generations.